0: The OAMnetwork.com.
1: Power to the podcast.
0: Starting to think about having kids. When we got married, Miss didn't want to get married ever, fell in love, and said, hey, let's wait five years. And so in 2014, we kind of, um, we traveled Europe, we'd moved twice, we really started to plant roots in Memphis, and we kind of looked at each other and said, I feel like maybe pretty soon but not yet (laughs) we should start a family and so we kind of sat on that for a little bit and really decided to start trying for a family in 2015 2016 but it didn't happen and that was hard harder than i thought it would be
1: i'm lauren and i'm scott And we're the Readies. That's right. Reedy spelled ready. It's a pun. One I've heard my entire life. So much so that we've decided to make it a thing. Ready Ready or not. not.
0: On this podcast, we'll share our journey to becoming adoptive parents while
1: also running a business together. It may not be easy, but you can bet we're ready or not.
0: Hello, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Ready or Not, a podcast about growing your family and your business at the same time.
1: Recorded inside our newly renovated closet studio in Midtown Memphis, Tennessee.
0: Closet studio. We've just put Max, our son, to bed, and we're finally having some time, Scott and I, to record.
1: This season, we'll be focusing almost entirely on our journey to adoption. The discerning, the saving, the waiting, the heartbreak, and everything in between.
0: And we hope you'll follow along. And no, really, we're not experts, right, Scott?
1: Just making it up as we go.
0: (laughs) Really, literally figuring it out like most parents do as we go along with a tribe of people praying and uh, supporting us along the way.
1: Sometimes we get it right the first time, and sometimes we don't. But we're opening up in the hopes that someone out there can relate, learn a few things, and maybe help somebody else along their journey, too.
0: So we might as well get started. This podcast is going to be a little bit of talking back and forth. We'll bring on some experts to help answer some questions, and we'll throw back into a couple of recordings that we did while going through the adoption process with our son in our (laughs) midst. Uh, And we have two episodes, Ready Home and Ready Work. So let's kick it off, Scott, with the first segment. Ready
1: Home. Ready Home.
0: Okay Scott, this is our first Ready Home segment and we have about twelve minutes to tell people how we who we are and how we got to having a son named Max who is the cutest thing in the world. Let's start back in two thousand eight. What happened?
1: Two thousand eight we got married. No, we met. We met. We met in 2008. I thought you were starting later. I know.
0: Well, see, it's always the guy who can't remember the dates. (laughs) They're on my calendar. Don't
1: don't put that on me already. I know. All right. I'm sorry. 2008. We met.
0: We met in 2008. I was not interested in dating, let alone getting married. You were what?
1: (laughs) I'm not sure what I was. I was interested in you. That's for sure.
0: See, that's funny because I was (laughs) oblivious to that. So briefly, tell everybody about the time you asked me out on a date. So I was working in television news. I was a reporter in Dubuque, Iowa, and Scott lived about 90 miles south of Dubuque, Iowa in Davenport, Quad Cities, as everyone knows and says all the time. Um, And a mutual friend, my roommate and one of Scott's high school classmates, Beth Ashby was her name. Now it's Beth Fuchsia, if you're listening. Tell her how this came to be. Tell the folks out there.
1: Well, we had hung out a few times, gone out to the bars a little bit, talked, got to know each other, went to a couple of restaurants, you know, kind of the usual thing. And I, you know, decided I needed to ask her out on a real official, like straightforward date. So I approached her at uh, when we were um, together one evening, and I said, "Hey, do you want to go for dinner?" And assuming this was the casual brush off, the uh, response I got was, "Oh yeah, and sure, and and Beth
0: Beth can come too."
1: Yeah, and all our friends. And I was like, "Oh great, brush off, got it." I was totally brushing you off, loud and clear.
0: Yeah, I was. I was just not interested in dating. It made me scared. I felt like a man would get in the way of my plans, and you did, but in a good way. Good. (laughs) So, 2008, we started dating. Uh, We were just out of college, 22 year old babies. Um, and we decided a long-distance relationship was okay, <laughs> right? So fast forward,
1: we dated Yep, for, we uh, dated long-distance for two and a half years, my and driving about uh, six months in, I moved uh, further away. Because of my job, I got transferred. Um, and so we spent most of that time with a three-hour car ride between us. Uh, we did our best to make every weekend that we could. I think we missed maybe like- less... A handful. Five to ten, maybe in maybe. two and a half years. So I think we did pretty good. But <laughs> we
0: put a lot of miles on our cars. Uh, we
1: very quickly decided. <laughs> which we that, no longer own. <laughs> yeah. We very quickly decided we wanted to be together more than we wanted to be apart. So yeah. we just made that a priority
0: I think that was the thing. It was you know, every couple like has a weird thing. Like some people fight in public and make up later and some people don't like to hang out with each other at all. But anyway, every couple has a thing, right? Yeah. Our thing was <laughs> that we liked to be together all the time. Like maybe even a little bit to our own
1: We were always together. To a fault. To a fault.
0: But that laid a foundation for us because we reached a breaking point in 2011 where we were either going to break up or get married.
1: The talk. The talk. The real talk where everybody has to make real commitments. Uh, And so we had that talk and obviously we decided to get married.
0: But you also said that you made me wait just long enough that I'd sort of like given up on it ever happening well you
1: stopped putting it on every special occasion we had so it's true
0: i everywhere every time all the time weekends we got together i'd be like i wonder if he's proposing by the way if you want to view our proposal it is on the youtube
1: yes just google scott's proposal because
0: it's down on like the second or third page now but it used to be the most viewed and um scott asked on camera tricked me actually
1: we thought she was, thought she was doing an interview about being a reporter, and instead we had cameras set up, and I popped the question, and so worked out well. Are you serious? We <laughs> Yes.
0: <laughs> after, I was surprised. A year
1: after that, we got married.
0: Twenty twelve in Dubuque, Iowa, at Loras College, um, Christ the King Chapel, which is the chapel on the Loris College campus where Scott and I spent a lot of our dating, uh, attending mass together on Sunday nights when we both didn't work because we had weird schedules back then. Yes. Early
1: careers, weird schedules, weird overnight schedules, stuff. yes.
0: So uh, we both had Sunday nights free, so we would often go to mass at Christ the King. And it sort of was a um, neutral point. No um, family history on either side. No, um, you know, everybody's gotten married here. In fact, Loris had just started offering weddings. So we got married 2012. Yep. It was a wonderful wedding. My highlight of uh, 2012, for sure. Yep.
1: In the middle of the engagement, we had moved to Omaha, and yes. then six months after we got married, we moved to Memphis, Tennessee, and that is where Dream we are now. Dream
0: job. Uh, Memphis, Tennessee. So how the heck did we get here? Well, my parents moved here in 2005, and it put Memphis on the map as a place to come and be close to my family while also still working in television so they could watch me when I worked holidays.
1: Yes. Lauren got offered a job at the local affiliate here and worked here for three years.
0: NBC Affiliate. Three years, um, a year and a half in, kind of got sick of reporting all the bad stuff. And we started a company.
1: Yes, we started a company together in uh, about 2014.
0: Which is oddly enough the same year that we started talking about having kids. I don't know, except that's not how it went, right?
1: Nope, not at all. So, Go ahead.
0: <laughs> we started the company in 2014 as a side hustle, Forever Ready Productions, which, by the way, is a sponsor of this podcast. Of course they are. Ready or not, thank you, Forever Ready Productions, for underwriting the costs. And the OAM Network for hosting this podcast. This is just a plug for Gil and Carla Worth. They're fantastic. Listen to some of their other podcasts. Anyway, back to the, the point. We started a business, but in 2014, um, we also... We're starting to think about having kids. When we got married, <laughs> Miss didn't want to get married ever, fell in love, and said, hey, let's wait five years.
1: Yep. And I was always, kids were always in my plan. Even from the beginning, I was always on that track. Um, you know, I had three, I have three brothers, and my mom did in home daycare, so kids, you know, were I was no stranger to kids. I was used to that, ready for that. Um, and- ready or not? <laughs> Is that <laughs> I mean, our thing? Every time one of us accidentally uses the word ready, we're going to Yeah, say really we wrong. are.
0: Well, it's our last name. Okay. Um. So I was the opposite. I didn't really want kids, but I was in love, so I was willing to entertain the idea of a family. And so in 2014, we kind of, um, we traveled Europe. We'd moved twice. We really started to plant roots in Memphis. And we kind of looked at each other and said, I feel like maybe... Pretty soon but not yet, <laughs> we should start a family. and so we kind of sat on that for a little bit and really decided to start trying for a family in 2015, 2016. but it didn't happen and that was hard, harder than I thought it would be.
1: It was, but I was not having the monthly anguish <laughs> yes that you were because I only knew the you're not a woman. I only knew the ended results yes. um, I always I only knew the nope. Not this month.
0: (laughs) Not this month. So in 2016, end of 2016, um, we figured something was wrong. And and we were almost certain that it was me because I was all over the place. And um, so in 2017, we finally decided to go see an infertility doctor, which was really hard for me to admit because basically this is going to sound, I don't know, full of myself, but everything in my life that I always ever wanted I would work really hard to get, and I would get it, understanding that sometimes some things aren't meant to be. For example, <laughs> I was not meant to go to state to throw the discus in high school. It just wasn't meant to be. I was not a natural athlete, but I really wanted to go to state. However, I really wanted to work in broadcast television, so I started working my senior year in TV and got a job out of college in in my home market. You know, So everything that I did in my career and in most of my life came naturally to me. And I got it with a little bit of hard work. And this was something that was just not happening. And I needed help. And, of course, the fertility doctor feels so, what's the word? Clinical? Clinical. Yes, it's very It's clinical.
1: all numbers and statistics and the rise. And
0: straightforward everything. Nothing touchy-feely about it. Yes. Which it was all
1: about hormone levels and
0: numbers.
1: Numbers and blood tests and all these different things. So after a month-long period of Lauren getting stuck with a needle, I don't know how many times. It looks
0: like there was something going on. Uh, we found out I was diagnosed with PCOS, which is a fancy acronym for- Polycystic
1: Ovarian Syndrome.
0: Syndrome. Polycystic And there are syndrome.
1: a multitude of symptoms that- 12.
0: 24. I forget. There's a lot. Google it. There's
1: a lot and people have a whole range of them. So You it's don't pretty have all diagnose. 12
0: or 24 at the same time or at all. But for me, I had four, um, and those four symptoms were making it difficult for me to get pregnant and sustain a pregnancy. And so here enters this idea of adoption for the first time in our marriage. Uh, I will say that I had always felt it on my heart, uh, but I didn't know what that looked like. I went to Haiti in 2008, and I visited an orphanage. And I left there feeling empty because I felt like there were children in the world that needed homes and needed families and needed a loving place to grow up. And um, I just sort of let that be. And I think that planted a seed, even if I didn't realize it. But for you, Scott,
1: had it ever been that way? Before you finish your story, you do have two cousins for a that you always forget. I always
0: forget because it was just so normal. Ben and Nick were just they were a part of the family. And yep. I, we it, should have them on this podcast. Yeah. Um, they were just a part of the family, and it never—adoption was never even a thing. And when we were going through this process, I realized it was right in front of my face all of my life. So thank you, Tom and Kathy, for planting the seed uh, for this that we didn't even necessarily realize you planted. Um, but, Scott, what about you? You'd always sort of envisioned you'd be a dad, like, so right away.
1: I always assumed that the, you know— Regular biological way would be the the way that that would happen since that's just how it happens for most people. Uh, I I do have some peripheral experience with adoption um, through my cousin who we sort of it was less of a child adoption, more of a um, temporary foster care situation that we went through with my cousin where she came and lived with us for a year. That was an entry point to uh, to adoption that I had seen and heard about being there for someone who needs it for a period of time.
0: And to speak to pop culture, I think around the time that we were discerning adoption as a couple, This Is Us on NBC came out. Thank you. This Is Us, by the way. Um, The very first episode, uh, if you're not familiar with it, um, they end up adopting a white couple ends up adopting a black baby that was born the same day as um, their triplets. They lost a triplet. Anyway, a uh, white family adopts a black boy, and they're all born the same day. They all share the same birthday. And the first episode, I absolutely bawled. And so did Scott. But he didn't bawl. He cried.
1: I cried. There were tears. There were te- I'll, I'll, admit, I'll admit to tears. <laughs> there were but, tears.
0: Yeah. It's okay to have emotions. Th- that, that really started the conversation for us.
1: Yeah. I think that was a real, like, bring it to the forefront and being like, is this something that we uh, really, really want to consider?
0: Yeah. So about that same time, I t- I published a blog about our infertility. And uh, it basically said, I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I'm not the kind of person who feels incomplete without a baby. But I want you to know that I have this. And I know there are other women who feel this way. And um, we're going to see what's next for our family that may be adoption or that may be still conceiving a child of our own.
1: Overwhelmingly positive response. Overwhelming. Lots of people reached out and talked about how they'd experienced infertility and not talked about it or they knew someone who had. And it just became very apparent that this was a much, much bigger thing than most people let on because it is not a happy topic that you regularly share.
0: No. And then there was a lot of people projecting feelings about how they would feel if they were me. And there were uh, everybody meant well, but it was a little overwhelming. Um, And then we really felt like we were called to adoption, and that really began a process of question marks because there's nothing out there that specifically says here's the roadmap. In fact, I've got to give a shout-out to This Family's Journey. Uh, my dear friend from TV uh, started this blog when she was led to adoption, um, and it's it was really a great resource for us, uh, especially very candid about infertility and adoption. But there wasn't a whole lot else out there that spoke to us. Which is kind of why we're doing this podcast and kind of why this segment is running long because we are speaking from the heart. Indeed. um, Long story short, we had two failed adoptions and some heartbreaking moments that we'll go into in other episodes that led us to Max who was born
1: May 25th, 2018.
0: And he's the best thing ever. And the journey to... That place is so much easier to see in retrospect. But about the same time that This Is Us started their season and that we were discerning adoption was around the same time that Max was conceived. So if you are a believer in God, we believe that God had a plan all along, which was hard to see. And we'll reveal that over the course of several episodes. But that is Lauren and Scott in a nutshell.
1: Yep, quick version.
0: In a quick 15 minute segment, I think it's time for a break. Great. We'll be right back. Have you noticed how small businesses and nonprofits are posting videos on social media these days? Every day, thousands of them are sharing video content. But did you know you don't have to spend a fortune to invest in video for your brand? Forever Ready Productions is here to help you out. We make your work stand out while telling your story, but most importantly, getting it done in time to have an impact. For more information, visit foreverreadyllc.com. Hello and welcome back to Ready or Not, a podcast about growing your family and your business at the same time. In this segment called Ready Work, we try to bring in some of the dynamics of our work-life balance, or lack thereof. But in this special edition, we decided to throw back to May 30th, 2018.
1: This is five days after our son Max was born. When we got the call about Max's adoption, the night before his birth at 6 p.m., We were told he was on the way. We flew out first thing the following morning to California.
0: Thinking we were only going to be gone for two weeks or less.
1: Seven to ten days, what they tell you, is what it takes. We ended up being gone for 27 days.
0: And so while we were there, we recorded several different podcasts to kind of capture our feelings in the moment. And this is an excerpt from five days in, May 30th, 2018, about our journey to meet Max. How we named him and what we did in those first five days. Take a listen. A little bit of shut eye on that flight. We landed in LA, um, we got our rental car and we headed north. Um, we got to the hospital mm-hmm. and then it got real, but it got like real in a way that was Anxiety inducing. Yeah. So
1: (laughs) just imagine this. You're driving. You know, we we drive, you know, several hours away from L.A. into the middle of this valley. um, Not in the town we're in now, but in a different in a different town and go to the hospital. We know where to go to the hospital, um, but we don't know who we're meeting. We don't know if there's a social worker there. We've never met the parents. We talked her on the phone briefly. um, Her and her husband. We don't even
0: know if he's born at this point. Remember? Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, we we didn't even know that she had gotten to the hospital. She was supposed to have somebody take her to the hospital at 6 a.m., or 630 and you know get prepped and do all that stuff and so we don't know so we go to this hospital and we find a parking garage and we just like go through the main entrance because where else do you go um and so we're walking and like looking for signs and i'm sure we are like deer in headlights like looking around like where are we supposed to be going and so we happen to spy the uh um maternity ward the maternity like section or whatever and so we start walking through there and we walk through there and there's this like main desk on the ground floor and we walk up to the woman who's at the desk, um, and say, you know, we're, we're adop- adoptive we're parents, adoptive parents, question and mark? we're here to see, you know, and we, and t- we say her like the birth mother's name and, um, she like looks and she, it was like the longest, I'm sure 30 seconds while she looked up where she where the birth mother was. Um, but she kept looking at her screen, like confused and she, like, asked us the name again. And we're, like, in our heads, we're spinning through a thousand scenarios. She never showed up. She's, you know, had a problem. There's something happened. Whatever, whatever, whatever. She goes, oh, well, it's, you know, she's up in room whatever.
0: 13-something. 13
1: 13-something. 13 um Take the elevator to the third floor. Yeah. And we're like. Yeah, take the elevator to the third floor. And, and walk in the store. We're like, oh. Okay. okay. And so you know, then we so we walk over to the elevator, and like we go up, and you're just walking through the halls, and like I said to Lauren at one point, is like, how long is the walk that changes your life? Because we're just walking through this hospital, and
0: you know oh, we don't man. know when we're just
1: gonna come across, across this thing. So we take the elevator up, and then in the maternity ward, all the doors are locked. Of course, they don't want anybody stealing babies. Um, and so like we walk up, and I try to like I'm nervous, and I just like op- like try to push the door open, and it like beeps at me because it's a secure door, and you have to like ring the bell, and they have this camera that you can look in to tell who you are so I ring the bell and and you know say I'm Scott and we're the adoptive parents for you know going to this room and they're like okay and they open the door and we walk in there and we're like where are we going like oh it's just down there it's that middle hallway and so Lauren and I just ourselves with nobody else walk up to this person's room
0: Stranger. Never stranger's met.
1: Stranger's room that she's in. You know, now we now we know after she's had a baby. Um, and...
0: We don't even know that she's had the baby, though. Yeah, like, we, we don't know we anything. We don't know what we we're walking into. So we knock on the door. Um, there's a nurse in there checking on her. And they invite us in. And, and that was, like... That was insane. So we walked in. And um, the birth father was there. And he handed um, this little baby to us. And I burst into tears immediately. Like could bear ugly cry like oh, oh I'm glad there was <laughs> somebody said did you have video of you the first time you met him and i'm like no and i'm kind of glad um so i burst into tears and then he yeah, burst into, the baby I mean, burst into tears so i gave him to scott because i knew that scott is a very soothing calm whatever guy <laughs> and he instantly stopped crying when he got into
1: scott's arms and he looked up at you right yep yeah, he looked right at me and that was I mean, it yep yeah, i was yep yeah, that was it and, you know, and so birth mother and birth father are standing there and they've given their baby, like, to us, like, to hold. Um, but they're going to be, like, completely giving them to us. So, it like, it's just I, – I can't describe the weirdness. is yeah. the only word that comes to mind of that moment because they loved this child and that was very obvious. But – and she'd been holding – I mean, she'd been holding him all morning, I'm, I'm assuming since she just, you know, woken up or got, got out of the, um, the birthing process, whatever. Um, and just – gave to us. And they said, you know, the, the hospital staff has a room set up for you. Um, why don't you take this bassinet? Because um, in the hospital, you can't walk around with the baby. You have to put them in the bassinet and wheel them around um, for safety and liability and all that stuff. Um, and so they said, why don't you take the baby down and get, get settled? And so, you know, not 15, 20 minutes after we arrive at this hospital, find them, make brief, weird, small talk about the flight. Um, we put the baby in this bassinet and we push them down to our own room. And now we're sitting in a hospital room with our son. With our son. And... We hadn't named him yet. No. And it was just... Just was wild. So surreal. I just... You know, we're like... I don't even know how to describe it. It I, was the strangest thing because he was there. He was ours. And, you know, we were there.
0: But there's still some anxiety there because, um, you know, they We're just so grateful for the birth mother and birth father and that, you know, they their decision allows us to be parents, which is incredible. Um, but there's emotions involved because you can't imagine what it must feel like for them, for her, especially to have a baby and then give it to a stranger. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for us to know that there's, there's this time period where as you're finalizing things, which is where we are right now in this moment, um, where the birth mother could change her mind or, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. And so every time, um, they came in to check on him with us. We, you know, jumped a little bit thinking somebody was going to come in and say, well, actually...
1: <laughs> well, and they're doing... And, then, you know, then you also have the, the normal baby stuff where it's like they're checking his temperature and they're checking is he, uh, is his blood oxygenated, oxygenated enough. Um, you know... It's a big um oh Yeah, right. Um, what's, his, what's his birth weight? How much weight did he lose at, right after birth? Um, you know, all of these things. And so... Not to mention
0: know, trying to bond with this new
1: we, human. And, and we know we have... We had zero information about what's next. what he was like in his growth process. Yeah. We don't know. Like, we assume he was born healthy, We did, but we didn't know. We didn't know. Um, we didn't. We, we knew he was a boy, but even our first reports didn't even... Like, we didn't even know. They were like, well, here's this baby. We're not sure if it's a boy or a girl. We ended up finding out it's a boy, but that was about the extent of the information yeah. we had. There's a child here. Here are the circumstances, and it's a boy.
0: Okay, so Ready tell them about... The naming because I just I'm gonna lose it so I'll let you tell
1: the naming um, this wasn't really my plan I didn't really know how we were gonna we had two names um, and we
0: weren't sure if those were gonna be the names or we, just
1: are we gonna use the use the names now yeah we okay. can use the names okay so the names were William which is my middle name and Max which is um, Lauren's grandfather's name and we didn't really we hadn't really decided how we were gonna pick between them um, but they were you know they were our top choices we were we were gonna go with one of them and so I'm sitting there holding this little boy who doesn't have a name, and I just said, are you a William or are you a Max? And when I said Max, he like- Opened his eyes. Opened his eyes, looked at me, and it was like, all right, that's your name. It was just, he, you know, I'll joke and then he picked it because he didn't respond to William, but he responded to Max. And it was just, you know, from that point forward, he was Max and he will be forever.
0: The next 24 hours are a blur because we had him pretty much all but, like, three hours of that. And we had him overnight. Scott and I, because I did not birth this child, um, he's not dependent on me to feed him, yeah. which is a blessing for us. So Scott and I tagged in and out. We did, like, hour and a half, two-hour increments because he, he needs to be fed, where one of us would sleep and the other would take care, and then we'd swap. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not really sleep that we got, but it was something. Yeah. And then 24 hours later, they were discharging us from the hospital and um we'd had a hotel lined up but the hospital has this respite house that just so happened to be available to Memorial Day weekend
1: yeah they were they were cleaning it up and so the social worker that came in um Amanda who was just amazing um was so so nice to us and i, I mean I, I guess that's her job but she went o- over and above um and said you know there's this there's this respite house that we have, you know, kind of for this type of a purpose or any kind of extended, unplanned, you know, extended stay in the hospital. Um,
0: And we forgot to mention that my mom flew here from Colorado Springs where she was for work. And so my mom got here on Friday at 4 Mm p.m. and got to meet her grandson like hours after we did, which is such a blessing. But what we didn't realize is that we really needed my mom. Yeah. (laughs) Because when we came home, and I'm using quotations, when we came home to the ho- the respite house, she had gotten us groceries and done... Made a, made a casserole. Made a casserole and...
1: Got water and got just all of these things... Comfort food. just made it, like, home so much faster. Then, like, rather than, like, bring the baby home and, like, okay... Now Warren, you go out to Walmart. Yeah, now you go out and go, like, buy all this stuff and figure out what we need. And it was just... It was
0: So the first night in our sad. home was difficult. We didn't have a place for him to sleep. We brought a little tent and it just wasn't working and... So we were up all night, kind of back and forth. And um, fast forward, here we are five days later. We have a rental um, in Tulare. 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 I think it should be Tulare. That's very French. Yeah. Tulare, California. Um, and we have a little boy who's five days old. Ready or not? <laughs> yep. You've just listened to an excerpt of a recording from May 30th, 2018. Just five days after we met our son, Max, five days into a 27-day stint in California, awaiting legal and paperwork. We'll talk more about that as time
1: goes on. And now it's time for the end. This has been our first episode of Ready or Not. We like to end each episode with a quote, some food for thought. I thought this was fitting for the beginning. There are times when the adoption process is exhausting and painful and makes you want to scream. But, I am told... So does childbirth.
0: And with that, thanks for listening. Be thinking about that. If you're out there awaiting adoption, thinking about uh, adoption, struggling with infertility, we understand. We got you. We're thinking about you. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to email us at feedback at com. And we'll see you next time on Ready Ready or or Not. This podcast was recorded in our newly renovated closet studio in Midtown, Memphis, Tennessee.
1: Come on, there you go, good job, buddy. Good job buddy. The Power to the podcast.